Hello everyone, welcome to the Nightlife Project Podcast. I'm your host Camino, and I'm here with my co-host Kai William. What up? And our guest for the day, Drew Daps. How you doing, Yo, Sir Daps? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate you having me on the Thanks podcast. Thanks for coming on, it's man. It's an honor. Dude, we were we're we're pumped to talk to you, man. You you're you're the most entertaining person I follow on social media for sure. You're like you you're like a jack of all trades, man. You do it all. And I, love you, <laughs> Yo, I love when you sorry. post your, your skateboarding videos too because that's not something that a lot of people i know do so i love how you kind of pair that with the music i think it's pretty cool thanks homie i like to have fun with it you know what i'm saying like i've been skating my whole life so it's only right that i incorporated it into my music you know what i'm saying so i'm glad that it's being received well i appreciate you saying so absolutely man and uh we I'm trying to think how like me and you actually got linked up in the first place. Do you remember? Man, to be real, I think it was just like from doing playlist trades or like reaching out about playlist support and kind of just all started from there. But like, I'm glad that we did because I got to like check out what's happening on the East Coast scene and like see what you guys are about. And I figured out like a lot of the heads that I've already been messing with and already been slapping is like part of your crew sort of or like sort of the people that you rock with so it's cool to see it all come together when we started becoming like better friends and all that you know what i'm saying yeah that's so true i remember um uh i think i was talking to sona or ken kelly rather for the first time i think he's the one who actually told me about you and then i we started messaging on instagram and then eventually we got you on uh my label and dara and we just had you on the va for that which did really well which was actually mastered by Ascanio, it's funny we all just like worked together on one project and it wasn't even like meant to be like that it just kind of happened you know oh yeah that's dope Ascanio, you snapped on the mastering thank you man and this thank is actually you. the first time i'm like hearing your name so i know how to pronounce it properly yeah now, it's, a bit so, of a, yeah. it's a bit of a, a fucked name but um yeah you did a good job mate how did you think you pronounced it i thought it was like Ascanio. oh that's it so, that's it that's it that's, that's it, okay. it. <laughs> that's it you got it that's it. All right, say those. Uh, yeah, I, I've heard people butcher my name. It's it really just absolutely mutilated. So nice job, mate. Hey, wh where are you from, by the way, Scania? Uh Well, my name's Italian, but I was raised in London. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And he's and living there in, now. And he's living in Berlin. He's like all over oh. the place. Yeah, I'm living in Berlin, and I'm about to move to to the states in two, three weeks. So. That's gonna be crazy. I'll bet to the East yeah. Coast. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to Miami first to link up with Jeff, um, Jeff Sorkowitz, and then I'm gonna I'll help build a studio over there. So we're gonna we're gonna do about two weeks of that, and then uh, I'm gonna move fully with Jeff to New York on around around March first, basically. All right. So. Well, that's what's up, bro. That's gonna be popping. You hyped or what? Yeah, I'm so excited, man. Like it's 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 amazing, you know. I, I, oh, yeah. I like Berlin, but it's time. It's time to move on. It's time to move. It's also dead. It's so dead here right now. Like nothing is happening. So, I mean, I feel like it's that everywhere except for Florida. Well, that's where <laughs> I'm going first. So that kind of <laughs> tells you everything. Well, Florida, Florida, and Jersey. We're we're so doing this stuff over in Jersey right now. Luckily. Oh yeah, that's but true. That's true. I've that, seen your flies. Yeah. Other than that, it's like here, Florida, and like Texas. Like one of my friends, Mike from Revival is doing stuff down in Texas and Houston. So he just announced the Salardo and I know he's working on another bunch of big shows down there too. So it's nice to see that like there's some areas still thriving and, you know, hopefully in the next, within the next year, everything will come back normal, but nobody knows. Nobody. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Not much we can do about it. Just keep rocking with what we got going. You know what I'm saying? Keep it moving. Yeah, Drew, what have you been working on primarily during the pandemic? I'm assuming it's production, but is there any, like, other side projects or things that aren't, like, you know, the typical answer of, oh, I've been taking this time to just produce music? Is there anything you're really working on outside of that? Yeah, for sure. So I actually was inspired to start my own podcast as well over the over the quarantine, you know what I'm saying? Because I've always been, like, into podcasts, at least for, like, the last few years. I've been slapping them heavy, and I just figured, like, yo, people say I got a nice voice and all that. I might as well start my own. Let's get it. I got a mic. What am I waiting for? So, yeah, it's, it's called Doink Discussion, and aptly, I had to do the debut episode on 420, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and basically it's just like a short form podcast just like 
preaching some some of the teachings that I've been reading about, just about like stoicism and positivity and just like accepting things for what they are and making the best out of it. So it's pretty casual, pretty short, but I've had some artists on there as well that I like admire or I think they're doing something cool. So I had them on to share their story. So it's just kind of like a fun little project to do. But yeah, aside from that, like I've been trying to up my video editing skills, like for my skate edits and just like general content, you know what I'm saying? Also mm -hmm. a little bit of Photoshop. I just like creating in general, like aside from music, I just dig like software and working on stuff. You feel me? Mm -hmm. But yeah, so in a way the, all the time that we've had over the pandemic has been like a blessing and i'm sure that you guys will agree like in a way it's been beneficial to us creative types for sure yeah, kind of slows us down a little bit and gives us time to work because these events and stuff are so tiring on the weekends and like when things are normal we're doing like you know between one to three a week and they're they're pretty typically they're late nights you know our scene like thrives at nighttime so it is the nightlife podcast. Yeah, it's it the nightlife night project podcast. podcast. Wait, so Drew, would you would you consider yourself a stoic, mate? You know what? Well, I've been reading this book for over a year. It's called uh, the Daily Stoic. The Daily, and stoic. it's like every day there's like a little stoic teaching, short excerpt, some from the OG philosophers. Excuse me, philosophers. The OG falafels. <laughs> you know what I'm saying but some heads like from the old days and what's crazy is like it's still relevant so i just been reading that every day and then when the year was over I was like shit I might as well read it again because this has been eye-opening so I, I guess I would consider myself a stoic to answer your question what about you <laughs> um I don't think I'm familiar enough with any philosophy to sort of uh, declare myself like really into any of them. I dig, I dig, I dig a fair amount of nihilism personally. You know, nothing matters. Yeah, that's what's up. Knows. I've heard of bro, but I haven't really like educated myself. Well, it's pretty simple. Have you have you watched Rick and Morty? Shoot, not not like that. I can't lie. Have you not? <laughs> All right. Well, basically, anyway, that whole show is nihilism. It's like everything is pointless, and everyone dies, and then and then it just goes black. So basically. Why don't you just like enjoy what you have while you have it and just live your life? Um, it's I can pretty, dig it. Yeah, yeah. It's like since everything is pointless, you might as well just you know enjoy yourself, which is which is uh, which is kind of kind of an artist thing, isn't it? That's what we try and do, I think. Drew, what what's one of your your favorite things from that book that you or your biggest takeaway from that book that you because I don't personally read books. I'm, I'm I'm pretty bit even if I, I can't read. Busy, he literally yeah, I can't, can't read. read. I can't read or spell. If you how ask do you anyone. get through life, mate? Like how do you do it? I don't even. I'm just very charming. I'm very charming. That's my. He use voice memos. Yeah, use voice memos or talk to text. But no, for I I just don't read much. But um, for someone who does like yourself, like what is something that you really taken away from that? Or like what's like one key message from that book that you think is that everyone should know on this that's listening? I mean, I honestly like reading. I do it every morning and. I think one big takeaway from like that book in particular is like everything is like a value exchange, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't just come up to somebody like asking for a favor when all it does is benefit you. Like you got to consider the other person on the other side and what their needs are, what their wants. Cause like, I think it's easy to forget like when we are dealing with people that there are people with feelings too you know what i'm saying like they got their own life going on and you gotta respect that or at least try to understand it and work with them yeah i think that's something that i i run into fairly deep, like frequently in, in running a record label <clears throat> now starting my second one with escanio and jeff and uh our other friend james weiler is like people coming to me and asking for favors versus trying to come to me with something that's mutually beneficial and like I'm not always looking to get something just for myself. I, I want to, I mean, if anyone who knows me knows I'm very generous and I like to teach and I like to give, but um, it's just like the way you come about that is super important too, you know, like prove yourself and earn um, like, you know, my time, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, don't just expect that you're going to get something. Just come to me and, you know, get to know me a little bit before you ask me for, hey, I have music for your label or, hey, can you get me a gig here or this, that, and the other, like, I'll do that for you. Sure. Just like, let's get to know each other first. Yeah, cheers, cheers, cheers to that, boys. 
<laughs> and I, I get it. It's like when you're when you're first starting out, you're super ambitious and like you might not know these things, but I don't know. It just seems like human like decency just to respect someone for their time and, and just come. But it's it's interesting though because you don't think about that when you're starting. Like I went through my old Instagram messages like all the way at the beginning, and I was like cold emailing some like huge djs being like hey please listen to my track you know (laughs) so dumb real shit it's it's so rude you know like (laughs) why would they why would they they don't have any time like why would they like sacrifice like 10 minutes of their time to like listen to your you out of like thousands of people who message them and just like give you feedback like it's ridiculous bro i feel you on that like i was just looking at like one of my first epks and i was just laughing i was like <laughs> bro, i can't believe i thought this was like valuable information share, like, share some of that <laughs> I'd love well to for one like i was just like cold emailing people like a epk download and like i realized like why would a talent buyer that's never heard of me like want to download pictures of me and stuff you know what yeah, i'm saying like they don't even know who i am yet and coming up like it's frustrating Cause like, you know, you have something special, but like people don't necessarily realize that. So I guess that's where the disconnect is. And like, you know that you have something special and you know that you're worth something, but you're just not quite there yet to be like, like a good investment for someone to put their time and effort into yet. It's interesting because a lot of people, like everyone thinks they're special, right? Especially when they're like making music. And so I'm guessing you see this a lot, Drew, like you run a playlist. so. You know, our, our, our Spotify like PR company, we get like 20 people a day emailing us, submitting their tracks. And like, they just, they just, you know, you can tell in the way they write their emails that they think of themselves, you know, really highly. And they're like, oh, you know, I'm an artist. I listen to my music. Like, it's dope. Please listen to it. Please play this. It. And I don't think, I think the moment, the moment you realize how not special you are <laughs> is like, is a very positive one as an artist, right? I think it helps you push yourself. And I think it, like teaches you certain things that are necessary to succeed in the music industry yeah for sure bro i i agree with you like i got a lot of people hitting me up for playlist features as well and you can definitely tell like if they're new to the game or like how experienced they are or or what but yeah when people just hit you up like it'll add my shit come on yeah just add my (laughs) people just send you a spotify link they're like hello spotify link like, yeah bro that what? just makes me want to like not listen to it at all at all yeah like kai said you gotta like for you make that like you shoot your shot you gotta establish a connection first you know what i'm saying just like ask how you doing first or some or give like a compliment on the playlist at least like if you want to be on it you can at least say that you like the playlist yeah i think so it's a little about, stuff that goes along talking about like humbling moments like Ascani was just saying um i am someone who's very confident in myself all the time and definitely was in the beginning i thought you know i was hot shit like i was making music and like i like arranged out a track and i was like oh this is so dope and then i meet Ascanio and i sent him my music and he just basically takes a huge shit on me in in the best way though like letting me know like dude you have a long way to go like this is good but and he just sends these long paragraphs and it's just like such a humbling moment for me to take back to myself and be like okay i need to work on this and this and this and this so um i think it's also an important message to everyone listening like get yourself a crew of like three to four people who can consistently listen to your music and make you better because this shit's all very subjective and you don't want to be asking too many people but you want to make sure you're asking the right people so um, just having people to like basically put you back in your place. Like I have those people in my life, um, on purpose, people like Ascanio and Jeff and just other close friends, um, that, that stuff makes you a, a lot better of a person. Cause you know, if you send it to someone random, uh, on Instagram, you have talked to a couple of times, they'll probably be pretty nice about it. But when you have someone in your life that's like really cares about you and they'll kind of go in on you and really humble you that that's helped me tremendously. And I think Ascanio can attest to, um, the progress that's been made on my music. I've been sending him just because I, you know. He's not sugarcoating it. So I think it's important for everyone to have people like that in their life. 100%. Drew, how long have you been producing for? Yeah, straight up. I've been producing for a little over four years now, but I've only been focusing on house for about like a little two years and some change probably. Before that, I was just like focusing on making beats for artists, like producing hip hop beats, like making some like 
plug shit. I don't know if some you're familiar with that sound, but like I was making some little Uzi, Playboy, Cardi type beats and nice, whatnot. Nice, <laughs> I'm I'm a big Cardi fan. I think that. <laughs> Do you miss making that kind of music? Well, that's the thing. Like, that's what made me like having an epiphany and realize I need to switch directions. Cause just like slapping the music, I'm like. To keep it a buck, the only thing I really like about this music is the beats anyway. Like, the lyrics, I could care less for. You feel me? Like, the message don't really align with my values. And most of the time, is the lyrics not slapping like that. I yeah. just like the beats anyway. So that's what made me, like... Also, I think it's interesting how in that genre, you, you can't do it by yourself. You need someone who can rap. In something yeah. like this, you can literally... You can talk, you do talk in your music all the time. Like I do it too. And like, it's like, I don't need anyone else. I mean, I, I do for mix and mastering, but I can get a pretty polished product uh, by myself. You know, I don't need to rely on somebody else to get the work done. It's something you can do all yourself. So I'm sure that's something yeah, you appreciate. Yeah, exactly, bro. So you don't have to wait on anybody. And a lot of these like artists that I was working with were like not very motivated. You feel me? Come to studio, smoke and drink for like three hours before they hop on the mic and I just wasn't about that. Like, I'd rather just do my own thing. And that was, like, the best decision that I've made. Yeah. And how would you say, uh, like, working with people in that industry versus working with people in this industry, like, how does it compare? Is it, like, a very collaborative space? Because I know our space is super collaborative. Like, we love to work with each other. I feel like, I don't know, but I feel like in that space it's very, like, look at me, I'm the best. Like, you can't, you can't be like me. Is that true? yeah i would definitely say it's like that i mean in any genre it's gonna take some time and effort to earn your keep and earn respect but i feel like producing hip-hop like you just like the artist bitch in a lot of ways for a long time <laughs> like you gotta really stand up for yourself because people will try to like use you especially if you have studio resources and you a nice person so yeah it's like collaborative in the sense that you need other people to like make a finished product but i wouldn't say it's as friendly or as like a team building community building experience definitely mate and uh like so you you your journey started with if i recall correctly tech house like you like that track jewels am i correct am i remembering this right well actually when i first started making house i wasn't really exposed to tech house or like the underground house sound too much and all i knew was like the mk uh, selected yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of sound you feel me like the future yeah. house kind of style of deep house like yeah. chavi and stuff like that right yeah yeah so when I started making house and I decided to rebrand, I was kind of going off in that direction. So my first couple of releases were like that more future house kind of sound, like more organ M1 deep house, you feel me? Mm -hmm. Which isn't bad, but it's not really like a representation of my true sound, which I luckily felt like I discovered after a few releases started to get like my own signature sound or at least closer to my own signature sound you know what i'm saying but i do like tech house and i like minimal house so i just do what i feel you feel me <laughs> yeah I, re I really liked your track for the va it was a really nice like underground deep sound it's really cool oh yeah and, thank you bro and how so so like in the minimal space um what artists influence you do you think the most uh i mean that's what's the beauty of like underground house is like there's a lot of artists that may not have like a big name but their tracks are dope so they inspire me you feel me but just off tops like some artists that inspire me uh like demarzo jizz be going crazy yeah shout out jizz crazy art man yeah and like the up and coming has too, like the ones that was on the new VA on the winter sampler that we were on. Like those heads, they inspire me too. Guys, like they might not have like a household name yet, but the tracks are dope. So they're really dope, yeah. You really feel me? Dope. 
that project was like so much work, man. Those big, for anyone who doesn't know, Fucking working man. on those those big VAs is so tough, man, because typically, yeah, typically when you work with an artist, it's usually an artist, maybe two to three tracks, and like they'll get a remix. So you really don't got to work with like two artists, but working with 18, well, you know, there was some collabs. Maybe there was like 20 or something artists on there, like trying to make everyone happy and push all the tracks equally. Like it's such a challenge. And it's cool, though. I, I think those are, are really cool ways to get the brand out there. So we did two big ones of those, and I think that really helped uh, really jumpstart the label. So I'm, so I'm super thankful for everyone who's involved. In uh, hell yeah, definitely a fat release. I think it helped put the label on the map, establish it a little more. Is and it a number two? Cover art, by the way. Yeah, it was it was at number two. Well, it's now it's fallen off now, but for about a week we were sitting at number five on the whole website for the like overall all beatport, which was crazy, and uh, number two for the genre. Um, we didn't hit one on that. You know, we had so many number twos on this label this first year, where it's like we just got robbed. I think like, I think this is like the fourth or fifth time now. So, I don't know. We'll get one eventually. Yeah, it's the first year. Uh, yeah, it's the first year. And for us, what we did in the first year, I'm, I'm so happy and I can't be disappointed at all. It's just, you know, we set some expectations for ourselves and we really blew them out of the water. So anything extra now, anything now is just like an extra bonus. But um, we had some some really good success this year and worked with some. So, and like, you know, what I think really helps us is like the artists were all super bought in because, you know, for me and Ramsey, our big thing is we always put the artists first before the brand. And I think everyone... Uh, involved appreciates that and like they really are bought into it so the artists really helped us push this more so than just ourselves yeah we definitely appreciate it bro when you give us space to push it and be proud of the release and that goes a long way definitely. absolutely absolutely so what kind of so what kind of like uh can, can you talk about any of your future releases and like uh, anything you got coming up my future releases yeah for sure so i actually have my first official remixes i got one in february and one in march as well so nice, man. been releasing like a lot of original music these past couple of years but i'm finally hyped that like now i got a chance to do some remix work like i've done a couple that were like were unofficial like just playing around like for contests and stuff but now i got like some official remix work and i'm happy with both of them got one dropping on platform seven in london and then nice. another on a uh, minimal for you which is based in the dominican republic are Whoa. they new i haven't heard of that label uh platform seven no 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 i know platform seven the other one you just said uh i think they've been around for like a couple of years but what are they called I M N M L number four. Oh, oh, okay. I have seen. Yeah, they actually do like some playlisting stuff. So that's how I found out about them. Mm -hmm. We've been chopping it up, and then the label head asked if I wanted to do a remix, and I said, "Say less." <laughs> Sick. That's awesome. Remixing is super fun. I I really enjoy the process of remixing a track. It's like a, you have all the good elements already, and it's just about putting your own touch on it. So it's. I wouldn't say it's easier than making an original track, but it's definitely a super fun project that I enjoy remixing. And I love hearing others remix my track too, because it's just like- Oh yeah, that's a treat. And speaking of future releases, I got a joint, I'm not gonna say which one, that's already came out, but Remix Pack will be dropping this year. Awesome. Pure Heat, we got some from Genetica. Ooh. Got one from Tokyo. Nice. Uh, and I'm gonna leave the less excuse me, I'm gonna leave the rest a surprise. That's awesome. <laughs> nice. I love Tokyo. I forgot how I found him, but he's one of those people I met and we just clicked so hard and we made like five tracks in like two weeks and just we got along Damn, super well. Yeah. You're the collab king, bro. Here's here's my my theory on collaborating because I've only been producing Yeah, I've only been producing for about two years now, so I'm still very much learning. But I'm very eager to put music out and I'm very eager to learn. So I, th I think in, in collaborating with other people who maybe have been doing it a little longer than myself, um, I learn a lot from them and they up the quality of the music itself, obviously, too. Um, and it just helps build your network. So I, I just I enjoy doing things with partners, too. There's not anything in my life that I've started that's not with a partner. Like the podcast is with Escanio. My Andaris with Ramsey. Short Circuit is with Jeff. My community is with Weiler. It's just I, I enjoy and I feed off working with somebody. 
it's to me it's more fun anyway that way well that's cool and that's definitely like a way to jumpstart your progress for sure like from my collaborations i've definitely learned a lot about like little tips and tricks that come to mind when i'm producing so i feel like everyone that i work with i get like a new like little tip or trick to implement into my own workflow and especially when you're able to work in person as well like in the same studio on the same laptop or same setup yeah and it kind of like teaches you a whole lot of stuff that you wouldn't think about anyways it's so much fun mate kai do you remember when when i was in new york and we were like partying and then we went back to uh ken kelly's place and yeah. it was like four of us working on a track together do you remember that yeah it was fun and it's like it's just like a cool jam <laughs> session just working out like that like one of us would hop on for five minutes next person off for five minutes then it's like rotate it's it's a it's a very fun vibe for <laughs> sure yeah, man that was a vibe uh, i also think that uh collabing keeps it interesting right because when you're producing by yourself it's so easy to fall into the same trap of all right cool i have my format my template and i think that kind of kills your creativity after a while and working with someone else will help you break that for sure. Like working with uh, with Ken Kelly is like that opened my whole eyes so much to just the way he produces. And, you know, I'm always using I don't ever really use session view. Um, and like he uses that. So just like opening my eyes to that or working with some who else did I collab with? Um, working with like someone like Million and it's like looking how he uses all that, like the jazz and his music and all those cool cool elements like yeah you just learn so much and it helps you build on your own sound even more so i highly yeah. encourage everyone to collaborate all the time if they can for sure and it's hard though it's hard there's a lot of disagreeing all the time but yeah and that goes like beyond just the actual producing too like that butting of heads like extends to like sending it out as demos mm-hmm. and also like the promotion and like a lot of things like your i ideas can clash but that was a good exercise to learn how to get along with people as well you feel me definitely mate speaking of promotion um so you you've had how long have you been building your playlist for your spotify playlist shoot well i started my own signature playlist like soon after i started dropping music which is called drew dap slaps and that's just whatever i'm feeling but you know (laughs) pretty relevant to the genres that I make, you know what I'm saying? Some underground deep tech stuff. But then uh, I realized, yo, playlists are basically like the new radio on some shit. So if I can have my own playlist, then I basically have like my own playlist, like my own radio network is what I'm trying to say. So it's kind of like, just a way to continue building my own brand and help out the homies that make music as well that are getting started starting to get established but i've had like my four core playlists for less than a year actually Mm. probably like eight months i've had them all like finished and all dialed in and like updated consistently cool man yeah it's it's a great way to promote your music and like like we we basically like our playlists we have like seven now i think and eight if you count the heroin um and it's like it's it's such a powerful tool in today's market like you know our aim is to get everyone on the va a good amount of plays so we're like cycling all of them through our playlists you know and it's 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 really interesting because what happens with playlists is that let's say you know on spotify for artists you can see that you got like a thousand plays from this playlist in like two months what happens is though like let's say a hundred of the people who listen to your track all save your track some of them are going to listen to it like five, ten times. So you can actually get double the plays later on from the from people actually just re-listening to the track. So it's oh, like, for sure. and it's such a power, like Spotify, you know, despite all its terrible flaws and the fact that it pays artists nothing um, is a very powerful tool for music discovery, you know? Um, I always wonder how many people like search up, you know, Tech House, Minimal Tech on Spotify and then just find one of our playlists and then discover like sick music that way, you know? Yeah, real spill. I've had like some people reach out to me saying, oh, I was just searching for Minimal Deep Tech and I found your track and I fuck with it heavy. Like I'm slapping it on repeat. Like, damn, bro, all because you searched Minimal Deep Tech, got that SEO on lock. SEO (laughs) on lock, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Drew, what we'll do now is we'll we'll jump into one of your tracks. So, 
Is there any tracks that you want to uh, have the listeners take a listen to? It could be something you just released or that's not released yet. Yeah, for sure. Good looking. Uh, you could slap my new joint, What's Possible. It just dropped on Spotify yesterday. Cool. We'll take a listen now. by Drew Daps, big tune. Um, Drew, you want to talk about that track? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Good looks. So yeah, that dropped on uh, PL7, which is a sub-label of Platform 7 in London. Nice. That joint is uh, it's called What's Possible because I think the vocal sample is saying something about possible, but I'm not quite sure. But that's just what it sounded like to me, so I'm rocking with it. But if you know my music thing, you know I love the gibberish vocals that you can't quite understand. But yeah. It's doing something for the track, so you got to put it in there. You feel me? <laughs> Definitely. Kai, you're a big fan of the gibberish vocals as well, mate. Oh, I love just like the vocal chops, man. I think they're so cool because at that point, they're just another instrument in your song. Yeah, exactly, bro. But one comment like... I'll never forget, I heard from someone that doesn't really mess with house music like that. It was like a skate homie that told me, he was like, bro, I like your tracks, but the ones that have vocals in it, it just makes it that much more wholesome, and I want to listen to it a lot more. Wholesome? <laughs> I'm like, damn, okay, that's the key takeaway for the what future. A, what an interesting choice of words, wholesome. Yeah. No, you real shit, he, though, you're not wrong. Yeah, he's not Do you know wrong. who does those vocal chops super well? Is, uh, is Rossi. He does those so good, man. I talk about him all the time, but he's great. He's such a sick producer, man. I I, I need to get a couple of lessons for him or something. Big inspiration, bro. Mm -hmm. You go out for sure. London, London, London loves these DJs. It's I think like so. So, what do you guys think of the state of like? I know it's hard to say right now, but what what do you think of the state of minimal and deep tech in the U.S.? Like, is it is it growing? Do you guys see like a big potential for it? Because you know, obviously in England, it's like huge already. And in Ibiza, it's getting pretty big. And well, not that we would know because everything's closed. Yeah. But before the pandemic, right. it was starting to blow up. So, yeah. What do you guys think? True, go ahead. Oh, awesome shit. Oh, what's that? No, sorry, you go first. All right, for sure, bro. <laughs> so, to answer your question, I think that if it wasn't growing or it wasn't blowing up, then I never would have discovered it in the first place, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, the way that I found the deep tech sound wasn't through, like, Spotify or online. It was just from, like, stepping out and going to the clubs for the first time. Because when I moved to San Diego, that was right when I turned of age to even drink. So... I like went out to the club for the first time by myself. I didn't know nobody, but I just went anyway. And I'm like, damn, this shit hard. Mm -hmm. I like this wavy bass line. You and the rest me? is and history. Not only that, this shit yeah. is simple too. I know that I could make it if I applied myself. So from that moment, I'm like, I'm gonna apply myself. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely growing. Um, definitely nowhere near where it is over there. Where where you are where you're from Escanio, but I mean I, I remember finding uh this about the about this genre. Um, I was on Beatport searching for music for a gig, and I was like I was in Tech House. It was when I was in a, like a strictly Tech House duo, and uh, I'm looking through music. I'm like this music is so old now. Like I'm so bored, and I just go. I I remember seeing hype for the first time, and I was like what what is minimal deep tech hype? And it was just like 2017, I think, and like that's when I saw like. Rossi A1 dub inventions and like a cool, some oh, cool yeah. like another tracks and stuff like that, and I'm just like this is this sound is so and like Basil Darwish like deep like all stuff like that and I was like this is a really cool sound and then I remember like you know going to like Avant Gardner, like Mirage and a couple other big shows and hearing these headliners starting to play some more minimal stuff in their in their their sets especially towards the closer to the end of the pandemic I was like oh this sound actually has a lot of potential and then. That's when like me and Ramsey started putting out on the label and stuff. So I, th I think there's there's more labels popping up here and there in the states. You know, like we have Andera, Ross and Deep now, which is killing it. We got Slight Sizzle White over on the West Coast, and like I know Jason Eason has one. I think he in California too. And uh, 
like the Desert Hearts guys looks like they're starting to do some of this stuff too as well. So and then uh our good friend uh Mike over here is doing revival. He's doing some like there's tech cost, but he's doing some minimal stuff too. So yeah, I think it's it's growing over here with like the the label starting up over here. So I think that's really the first start is the labels doing it. Yeah, for sure. I think because in America, like if you want to hear house music and techno or whatever, you kind of need to seek it out. Like you can't mm-hmm. just like like in England, like on the it's on the radio. You know, there's like house house on the radio pretty regularly. And yeah, in America, it's not there yet. And I'm like, I'm it's gonna happen at some point. You know, it's gonna happen at some point. Like Fisher was kind of the first step, I think, in like house becoming like a really commercial viable pop genre but we're not quite there yet in the u.s but it's still he, interesting he actually Go on, sorry. He, on his circle loco set he was playing a couple of minimal tracks i was really surprised i don't know yeah, if you guys yeah, heard yeah. His, his his circle loco set but i remember someone sent me he's like dude there's a bunch of minimal in here and i was like whoa the fish is playing minimal the so. fish is playing minimal it's the wave it's the wave man it's it's John it Summit's is. playing minimal. Every everyone's playing minimal right now. Every tech house artist has has some minimal yeah. shit in their sets. It's gonna awesome start influencing shit, tech house a lot. I think it already is, but yeah. we'll see what happens. I was uh, mad surprised when John Summit hit me up and asked for one of my minimal deep tracks. I was That's like, sick. oh shit, I would not expect him to play this, but yeah, for sure, I'll send it over your way, bro. Say less. He's great. He he makes hits. That guy like. He's a great Yeah, he's hit. a real solid dude. He's hella funny. Yeah, he's, he's really like funny. Hey, number one right now? On yeah, it's number again. one. It's number one. It's yet six. again. Uh, yet again. It's the third Repopulate Mars number one overall. That label yeah. kills it. Shout Fuck out it. John Summit, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's sick, man. He 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 really is a, a hit factory. It's just one after the other. So. Yeah. <laughs> Something I love that he posted is kind of... It's kind of random, but... He said, this is the studio it took to make a number one record. Yeah. Swipe left. And then it was literally just like his laptop and monitors on like a fucking folding table. It's <laughs> like, so funny, man. Real it's, shit, it's though. Real shit. I mean, like, my, I, like, I don't know if you can see, but like, I'm in a full studio right now. It's like treated. I've got my monitors. Like, I've got like, you know, there's like two and a half grand of like acoustic stuff in my, in my, in my studio. You know, I've got like five synths, you know, like it's like, but you don't, you don't need any of this shit. You, you, know, mm-hmm. you can literally make this shit in your bedroom on headphones if you need to. Um, uh, AKA myself. That's AKA what I do. Kai <laughs> Woody. Yeah. I, I just use my laptop. I have a little MIDI controller and then just my headphones. But I will say, I do wish I could produce not help me. I live in an apartment um, building in Hoboken, New Jersey, where like you're, you can't have that type of stuff. Like I can hear my neighbor talking on the phone all the time. Damn. It's like talking. So. I, it, you know it's very tiring on your ears but it all comes down to just like learning learning your equipment and what you have so yeah on me bro yeah straight up i mean it's it's i'm I'm a mixing engineer so like i feel like i couldn't really do that unless my room was kind of treated or if i had good monitors but it is possible to do it i mean it's like if you reference properly you know if you like if you if you tune your ears to your environment by like listening to well-produced music and how it sounds in your room then it will be possible for you to make mixes that sound on par with those. You know, as long as you reference closely and like learn the sound of your room. Um, I, I did it, I, I mean, I'm sure you guys do it as well. I did it for like five years like that. You know, I started as a mixing engineer in a tiny untreated room with like, you know, a desk that wasn't even in the center of the room with like horrible bass, or bass problems, you know? And um, yeah, it's doable. You just gotta, you just gotta, you just gotta think about the sound and all that. But yeah. yeah. That's interesting. So you started off doing like mixing and mastering before actually producing, or no, no, no. I did that. I did that later down the line. I've been I've I've been producing for about six years, and I started doing mixing and mastering about two years ago, approximately. Oh, for sure. I I love it. I really love mastering and mixing, especially now because at the beginning I was doing a lot of music that I wasn't really into that much, just because you know I wanted to start getting my name out there and I wanted to start getting better at it. Um, but now I basically, I like, I turn down people who ask me for work. Like I just, I just work with people who I like, either I know really well or whose music I love. And like working front Hera is like a fucking blessing because (laughs) they send me like 18 fire tracks of their VA and I'm like, right, time to get to work, you know? Yeah. Um, No, it's, and I'll say you're, you're great to work with too. I mean, you go above and beyond to the fact where you'll, you'll message the artists individually sure. and be like, Hey, this, this is, this is not quite right in the mix. It can sound better if you do this. And you go back and forth with a bunch of times, you know, a lot of these engineers, 
they won't they don't care they just want to get they just want to get paid and they'll do their mastering but you really take the extra step so you know yeah, if, if anyone listening is interested in in getting hooked up with Ascani, you can either you know message him directly or me and i'm sure he'd be happy to take care of you especially if you're in the the house music space like he's if i did go incredible <laughs> if yeah. i did he said he said he turned people down so you better have that heat you gotta have yeah. that yeah uh, but it is it's great and yeah go on sorry Scott, go on. i actually have a question how do you find i think we were talking about this before but like how do you find to, to times to like balance you know yourself as, as a producer because you put out music yourself too under your own artist name and like and mix and mastering like i'm sure by the time you're done mastering these tracks your ears are tired and you kind of are over it for a little bit because as much as we love this music like a four by four gets pretty old to hear all day long so like how do you, what 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 do you do to get past that well so so i just like i just do this shit all the time so i don't really like i, I mean okay so so part of it is is frustration sometimes i feel like because you know, I, I, I work like I make a living from the music industry. This is like my job, you know, so I'll be, you know, I'll be working on like, you know, I've been mixing three tracks for like a few days. And in the evening, sometimes I'll have enough energy to work on my own music. But other times, like, I'm just shot because it's like, you know, when you're mixing a 50 track, like 50 like a track with 50 different stems in it, you know, you start getting pretty tired. You're like, Jesus Christ, this is heavy shit. And then by the end of that, you, you, as you say, you just don't want to listen to a beat anymore. You know, I'll put on some like chill hip hop or something and just like mellow some out. Some lo-fi. Some lo-fi. Yeah, I love lo-fi. It chills my ears out, you know. Um, but I always, I like every, pretty much, I produce every day pretty much. Like I always have energy at the end of the day at like weird times in the evening to like, to, st to keep working on my stuff. And like my, the music the tech house that i make is really intricate and has so many elements that it's like I'm, i can always do something like there's always something i can sound design or something to like do um it's not like i need to be in like a full creative mode i can just be in like editing mode you know i i what i, I go through these phases of like making like seven or eight tracks in like a few weeks and then i just stop creating and i just start editing and the editing process can take like two months i don't know if you guys are the same um but uh nah drew drew's like nah <laughs> <laughs> nah i'm a i'm a lot different from you actually starting with when i work on music because the way i do it is like producing is the first thing on my schedule because that's when i'd have like the most energy and like the most willpower i feel like after i do like my journaling and meditating you know what i'm saying and then like that's my time to get in the zone before i like have talked to anyone even like there's nothing else on my mind so i feel like that's like the freshest time to get to work on like being creative and then later in the day like do more of the business side of things but also like what you said as far as the editing like i'm not really that way either like i like to work on one track at a time and like finish mm -hmm. one track at a time like get it completely done and then go move on to the next one yeah that's that's a great tactic I, um, for myself, I, I have so many different projects going on where it's like, I have to tend to that stuff in the morning, but I don't know. Like I kind of said, it kind of like motivates me. Like, you know, I'll do some stuff for my community. I hope, uh, one of the members get a track signed and then that'll, that itself will inspire me and I'll be super happy about it. And then I'll take that into the studio with me as sort of like an inspiration. Um, and just, you know, that, that type of rewarding work really, really helps, uh, motivate me to, to do more. So. I'm kind of just a workaholic too, so I guess it really doesn't matter what time. It, I will say I definitely produce better, um, like at the end of the day when I'm a little warmed up. I'm definitely a morning person, but I think like after listening to music all day and because um, I'm not doing it in the sense that Escanio does it, I'm doing it in the sense of listening to demos, uh, just helping out kids in the community, doing tutorials, this, that, the other. Like then I'm fully warmed up. So, but everyone works different. There's no right or wrong way to to make your music definitely the shit shit does get pretty weird when you start working in the industry though like you, there's because it's like it's it's freelance you know so there's no one telling you to work right so so I, i'll be I'll, I'll wake up at around 10 or 11 and i won't get out of bed until like midday like 1 p.m right Damn, and bro. that's what I, that's what i start i have some breakfast you know my 1 p.m breakfast and i'll and i'll you know i'll go i'll go shower i'll go like you know get my shit sorted out i'll do whatever i need to do for the day and then i'll start working properly like two or three you know and then and it's like light working though it's not even like full working like i'll do some work and then i'll chill for a bit i'll watch a youtube video <laughs> and, then, and that's and that's like that's that's the way i do it until dinner then after dinner is when i start like focusing a lot i'll go through like two to three hours of like solid work 
then I'll start chilling again, you know, have a little snack, you know, to go talk to my friends because I live in a building with like 200 other music studios. So it's like I can Swear. just... Yeah, you I live there? Uh, yeah, I actually live in this tiny little room that you see behind behind me. Um, Wait, so you, you live in a studio? Yeah, I, I live That's in my fire. recording studio, and it's sick because, <laughs> like, to my left, there's Dom, uh, who who was who released on Unhera, and who's like, he's he's awesome, and he just like he, he helped me get the space, um, and so we just hang out all the time. I know like five or six other producers on this floor, and we just hang out and drink and chill and make music together. It's 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 fantastic. Um, Is there any like? uh like pretty big names in that in that studio space yeah 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 a lot a lot a lot there's so the guy right in front of me is a really is a really big trance produ producer oh called, you were telling me yeah called querox q-u-e-r-o-x he's like okay. massive in south america like he plays festivals for like twenty thousand people everyone's like fangirling him all the time the nicest oh, guy the nicest dude i was hanging out in his, in his place last night having a beer smoking a bit he was like he's just so nice you know it's it's he's he's one of them like I met him and I thought that he, you know, he was like, I don't even know. Like, I was like, he could just not be a producer. This guy was so humble that it was like, it was crazy, you know? And then I look him up on Instagram and he has a hundred thousand followers and like insane engagement. Wow. And he's like, he's huge, you know? Um, and, and it's, it's, yeah, no, I, I love living in this space. It's amazing. I, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to miss this environment because, you know, basically everyone in this floor is a house and techno producer and DJ. And I know in America, it's not as common, you know? So you're looking at like 10% of them right now. Yeah, yeah, 10% of the entire scene. I wonder actually podcast. if you guys had, if you, Drew, if you had to guess how many people are making this style of music over here in the States, what would, if you had to put a rough estimate on it, how many? That's a good question. That's a very bro. good question. I feel like it's a, a bigger number than we might imagine though, because there's a lot of heads that may have not put out music yet or that are right. like sitting on it, or maybe they put it out and they don't be promoting it like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if I had a guess though, it's rough estimate. I'll say 2,847. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I was going to say, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good estimate. I'd say two to 4,000. That was going to be my guess. Hell that's yeah. good. I mean, that's a very specific number, Drew, but like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good guess in the, on the overall space. I didn't what if he's exactly right? What if he's like just completely nailed it? Like, <laughs> Drew's, Drew's done his research. He knows this answer. He's been counting. Uh, he has a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, but I guess in terms of like actually like putting out music and like trying to stay relevant with everybody and like people you'll just think about, I would say there's probably like 80 to 100 of us that I can think off the top of my head. Yeah, on some shit, like people that take it like Serious. professionally yeah that like represent themselves as a business i think yeah. you're about right yeah, yeah. yeah i'd agree i'd agree that's crazy yeah, but it's so small like it, it's it makes me feel good though that we're like part of this like this very very initial movement of this type of niche over here it feels so good man and like granted there are much bigger names than, than myself and drew over here in the states in terms of like production and stuff like I do honestly do believe a lot of those producers will start coming over to the sound we're making and just knowing we're going to be kind of in the forefront of that and, you know, getting to be involved in that. That's a really cool feeling to me. I could be wrong, but that's just what I'm thinking. Hmm. No, I think that's on point, bro. And seeing stuff like CrossFest popping off, like that was a big defining moment for me in my journey. Like, did you play? Seeing, I don't know if you heard of CrossFest, but it's like a festival here in San Diego. Yeah. Did you play but it? No, I didn't play it yet, oh. at least. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's all like underground house and techno, like the the real stuff. You know what it's I'm a saying? Good lineup. Like, they have good you know, lineups. Like Coachella type headliners, really. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just seeing like that many people come together and enjoy it, like that gives me a lot of confidence that like our sound is gonna grow a lot. I think I think Coachella will book a minimal artist the year the year they start again. I, Yo, think on some shit. I think they will i think at least michael bb like at the very least he'll get booked oh yeah yeah because right. like say what you will about the festival i've been there i've been there twice or three times i loved it i fucking love that shit um <laughs> uh it, they have insane booking agents whoever does their booking is is brilliant like they they have every single genre of music represented there in america mm -hmm. it's brilliant dude they'll, they'll book the tech house djs the techno people and like good people you know it won't be like some like artists that are just big like business techno DJs. They'll do a mix that's like meant to like appeal to people, but also give them like a flavor that they haven't heard yet. It's really cool. 
It's really cool. A lot of respect for those booking dudes. But Crossed is legit. I really like Crossed. Never been, but the lineups have always been like some of the best in America for underground music. Yeah, exactly. BB mm -hmm. um, played there two years ago, actually, which is really interesting. Um, but they knew he was coming up. They saw him. Yeah. Do, um, I don't want to cut anybody short, but uh, we're kind of running out of time here. So I want to jump it into one more Drew's tracks um, and then we'll come back and wrap it up. Uh, Drew, what's the, the next song you want to show off for everybody? Uh, yo, let's slap, uh, let's slap funk slap. Just funk slap. <laughs> slap okay. funk slap. Let's do it. Just hit 10K on Spotify. So hey. Congrats, man. Nice, That's man. always a good feeling, but we'll talk more about that when we come back. So guys, here's funk slap by Drew. Drew Daps with Anderson M, Funk Slap. Awesome track, Anderson M, great producer. Drew Daps, obviously, great producer. Cool duo right there. Um, but yeah, man, nice. So that just hit 10K on Spotify. So well played, mate. How much, how much, it, how much of that do you think is because of your own playlist? You know, to keep it a buck, when I look at my Spotify for artists, like, you know, it tells you the number of playlists like that gets you the most streams. The number one is my own underground deep house. There you so, go. So I'd like to think that it's contributed to some of its success. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice, nice, nice. Well, dope, Drew. Thanks for joining us, mate. That was great. Um, oh yeah, it's an honor to be on the show. Thank you for having me, guys. Thanks, and Drew, just tell tell everyone where they can find you on like Instagram. Like, what's your handle? Yeah, for sure. Good looking. So yeah, you can chop it up with me on social media at drew daps that's d-r-e-w-d-a-p-p-s shoot me a follow shoot me a message and yeah i'm down to uh connect with you guys good looking oh yeah awesome and everyone thanks so much for tuning in and uh we'll catch you guys next time on nightlife project podcast